Welcome to Hooked. I'm Rachel, your guide through the perplexing and sometimes deadly world of internet catfishing. Why do people catfish, and how many lies can they tell before they get caught? Stick around to find out in this week's episode of Hooked. In 2008, Hawaiian high schooler Manti Teo was considered one of the best football players in the United States. Before his senior year began in the fall of 2008, Manti already had offers from over 30 colleges and universities that wanted him to come play for them the following year. As a senior, he won the Butkus Award on the high school level, which is given to the best prep linebacker in the nation that year, and he was also named 2008's Sporting News High School Athlete of the Year. All of this was impressive in and of itself, but Manti was especially groundbreaking because he was often the first athlete of Polynesian descent to receive these honors. After he finished his high school career being recognized by USA Today, Manti chose to go to Notre Dame University, located in Indiana. I have to admit that I never knew where Notre Dame was until researching this episode. I'm not going to focus too much on Manti's football career, but it is important to remember that even while he was still a teenager, Manti was publicly known to at least some degree, making this story widespread and arguably more embarrassing for everyone involved. While Manti was finishing up his senior year of high school, a fellow teenager and Stanford University freshman, Lene Kukua, was looking to get into pageants. She found Polynesian pageant queen Tessie Tolatau on Facebook and messaged her, asking her for advice. Lene and Tessie messaged back and forth for a few months, and Tessie noticed that Lene's story was getting more and more elaborate. She wasn't just a Stanford student, an already impressive attribute, but she was there as a star volleyball player. She was a Victoria's Secret model and was also dating then-USC quarterback Mark Sanchez. By the time Manti started at Notre Dame, though, Lene and Sanchez had allegedly broken up, and Lene messaged Manti on Facebook in the winter of 2009. Like any red-blooded heterosexual American boy, Manti was more than happy to be pen pals with a pretty, slightly older girl, and soon after his first reply, the two began an on-again, off-again, long-distance relationship. During one of their off-again periods, Manti decided to message someone Linnae had mentioned in passing, Tessie Tolatau. Turns out, Linnae hadn't just come across Manti's picture on Facebook and messaged him on a whim. When she had been talking to Tessie, Linnae had asked her which fellow Hawaiians Tessie knew. Both Tessie and Manti are Hawaiian, but I'm not sure if Linnae is or not. She is, however, of Polynesian descent. Tessie mentioned Manti, whose family was friends with her family, and Linnae, apparently, hunted Manti down online. When Manti and Tessie talked during Manti's time apart from Linnae, Manti told Tessie that he had a weird feeling about Linnae. He said that Linnae acted like she knew everyone in Manti's life, from minor celebrities like Tessie down to locals from his hometown. I'm thinking this is a prank, he wrote to Tessie. Tessie answered, so many people are talking about her. Is she causing drama? Yes, is the short answer to that, but Lene was just getting started. Manti and Lene eventually reconciled, and by mid-April of 2010, they were no longer messaging on Facebook, preferring to communicate over texts and phone calls. While some college couples might find it too difficult to be apart, Manti and Lene were both busy college athletes. They understood each other's schedules and knew they'd eventually meet up when the time was right. Meanwhile, Lene was meeting other men. In June 2011, a charity trip to American Samoa was organized by Polynesian athletes. 
On that trip, Reagan Mawa met Lene, whom he described as athletic, tall, beautiful, leggy, with long hair. Mawa was under the impression that Lene was single, or at least not exclusive with Manti, and the two spent much of that trip together, getting emotionally intimate enough that Lene confided in him about her dad's death. Manti and Lene cooled off a bit in the summer of 2011, but on October 1st of that year, Manti got a call from Lene telling him that she was having trouble with her current boyfriend and, quote, wanted him to be there for her. From that day on, Manti said their relationship intensified. Since the two had been in contact for about two years at this point, Manti expected they'd meet soon and told his parents that they'd get to meet Lene, maybe over the holidays, because Lene often came to Hawaii and said she'd make a point to visit the Teos ASAP. But, of course, the occasion kept being pushed further and further into the future. In mid-April of 2012, Lene had moved to L.A. to take over her deceased father's construction business. Finally finding himself with some free time at the end of the month, Manti and Lene excitedly planned for Manti to fly into San Diego and then come up to L.A. But then, on April 28th, tragedy. Lene's brother Noah called Manti, telling him that Lene had been in a serious car accident, her car had been struck by a drunk driver, and Lene was fighting for her life in an L.A. hospital. Lene would be in the hospital for months. She and Manti exchanged letters and spent a lot of time on the phone, often falling asleep together. Lene's family told Manti that even when Lene had been in a coma, when her family held a call from Manti up to her ear, her respiration rate would go up. In June of 2012, Lene needed a bone marrow transplant, and in the process of getting that, the doctors discovered something else, leukemia. And so she began treatment for that as well. On September 12, 2012, already concerned about his girlfriend, Manti found out that his grandmother had died the day before. Devastated, Manti called Lene to tell her the news. Lene assured him that she'd support him as much as she could from her hospital bed. But two hours after the pair hung up, Lene's brother called Manti in hysterics, telling him, She's gone. Lene was dead. <laughs> With both his grandmother and his girlfriend now dead, Manti was shell-shocked. He tweeted on September 13th, I may not hear your voice, but I do feel your presence. But a college football star doesn't have a lot of downtime in which to grieve. An away game against Michigan was on the schedule for three days after Manti learned of the deaths, and the days in between no doubt required traveling and training to prepare for the game. Manti did play in the game against Michigan on the 15th, with 12 tackles, which I think is a good thing. In an interview afterward, Manti mentioned that he had played his hardest for his two missing loved ones, his grandpa and his girlfriend. Of course, people latched on to this story. While at first it only appeared in local news or college-centered sports news, Manti was a star. Now a junior at Notre Dame, football fans had their eye on him in preparation for his pro career. The story spread, eventually reaching even people that didn't watch sports. Manti's coaches knew what he was dealing with and told him they'd support him in any way they could. If he needed to take off time to travel and attend the funeral, they had no problem with that. But on the day of Lene's funeral, Manti showed up on the field for another game against Michigan. The Notre Dame coaches were stunned and told him to go home at the very least. He didn't need to play today. But Manti said that actually he did have to play. He'd promised Lene before she died, at her insistence, that if she died and he had upcoming games, he would play in them. Promise you'll stay there, Lene had said, and you'll play and honor me through the way you play. Manti did, Notre Dame won, and Coach Brian Kelly dedicated the game-winning ball to Lene's memory. 
Once the team returned to South Bend, the entire community participated in a fundraiser for cancer research, raising thousands in honor of Linnae. They all loved and missed a girl they had never met. Two months after Linnae's death, Manti started seeing a woman named Alex Pilar. Of course, this was reported on, and Manti was inundated with calls from Linnae's family, telling him that Alex was a gold digger and he shouldn't date her. A day or so afterward, Manti tweeted mysteriously, Funny part is I already know I got your attention. The worst thing you can do is fool yourself. That same month, at a game against USC, Manti met a cousin of Linnae's named Ronaya. Linnae had mentioned Ronaya in passing while talking to Manti, saying that she and he were like Bonnie and Clyde, but had rarely mentioned him after that. But it wasn't just that Ronaya wanted to meet Manti. A nine-year-old, also a cousin of Linnae, wanted to meet the football star too. Wanting to feel connected to Linnae in any way, Manti agreed to meet them. On December 4th, a man named J.R. Veosa tweeted at Manti, telling him that Linnae wasn't real. Veosa said that his cousin Al had met Linnae online in 2008. Same name, same pictures, same claim of being a model. The two made several dates to meet up, and J.R., good cousin that he was, came along to make sure everything checked out. They didn't. Linnae never showed up. Instead, Ronaya, her cousin, showed up every single time Al and Linnae had arranged a date. Someone must have been watching Manti's Twitter mentions, because just two days after JR sent Manti that intel, Manti got a call from someone who sounded strangely like Linnae, and claimed to be Linnae. A very alive Linnae. I just went on a rampage, zombie Linnae told Manti. Like, how could you do this to me? Uh, excuse me, miss girl? Who did what to who? We don't know a lot about what was going on in Manti's mind at this time. On December 8, 2012, he mentioned Linnae in an interview for the last time. Asked about cancer, Manti told the reporter that he wasn't a fan. It had taken both his grandmother and his girlfriend in the space of two days. But after that, he was publicly silent on the topic. Considering what he'd been through in those past two months, losing his grandmother, thinking he lost his girlfriend, learning that his girlfriend was back from the dead, but also hearing that she might not be real in the first place, that's a lot for a 20-year-old to handle. Back in Hawaii for Christmas, Manti told his family everything, and the Teo family contacted the Notre Dame Athletic Department, telling them what was going on. Since Linnae had been such a well-known, if physically absent, person in the Notre Dame athletic and social community, the university asked an independent investigative company to find out what was really going on. It didn't take the investigators long to determine that Manti had nothing to do with the hoax, something he'd been accused of by many who heard this story. It also didn't take long to figure out who was behind the Linnae persona, Ronaya, Linnae's alleged cousin. When comparing the Linnae timeline with Ronaya's real-life timeline, the private investigators found a lot of similarities and coincidences. First, remember Al, the guy who got stood up for a bunch of dates, and how Ronaya showed up every time? Then there was Reagan, the guy Linnae had allegedly hung out with at the Polynesian athletes trip in 2011. According to Reagan, Ronaya was the one who introduced them. So either the person Reagan was spending time with was pretending to be Linnae and Reagan didn't know, or Reagan was just parroting the descriptions of Linnae that Ronaya had fed him when asked what she was like. When Linnae had been in her car accident in early 2012, Ronaya had experienced a real car accident with his family. The investigators found footage of when Ronaya auditioned for The Voice, and since everyone featured in those episodes have to have a tragic story, he told the story of that car accident. 
In August of 2012, a month before Lene told Manti that she had leukemia, Ronaya's real cousin, Jasmine, had been diagnosed with the same. Reading an interview with Manti, the investigators were interested in something Manti seemed to be quoting, as it didn't sound like his usual way of speaking. Quote, send roses while they can still smell them. Tell people you love them while they can still hear. They soon discovered that Manti had heard that from Lene, and the quote was featured prominently on Ronaya's father's Facebook profile, and probably his life. In many catfishing cases, the culprit can be caught by reverse Google searching the pictures they're using. If they are anywhere else on the internet, like the profile of the person they stole the pictures from, that link will be shown. But Ronaya had taken pains to make sure this wouldn't happen. Somehow, he changed Linnea's pictures just enough that Google would be unable to match them to the original online. And who had the original pictures come from? Her name was Diane O'Mara, and she had no idea what her pictures were being used for. Ronaya and Diane had gone to high school together. They hadn't been friends, but were friendly, and so even though they hadn't spoken since graduation, when Ronaya sent Diane a message, Diane responded. He explained to her that a friend's cousin had been in a serious car accident, and he was trying to collect as many selfies as he could of people holding up a sign that said, MSMK, December 2012. Diane didn't see the harm in this. She didn't know what MSMK stood for, but she figured it was probably the crash victim's initials. She took the selfie and sent it to Ronaya, who added that picture to his collection of Diane's, or rather Linnae's, photos. That particular photo was then sent to Manti, who had asked Lene to prove her existence by sending him a selfie holding up a sign with part of her Twitter handle, LoveMSMK, on it. As New Year's of 2013 dawned, Lene continued to call Manti. He didn't know her real identity at this point. She told him in the first week of January that her real name was Leah and that she'd, quote, reveal the truth on the 16th. When that day came, Ronaya called Manti and, using his real voice, apologized for victimizing him. Just hours afterward, the sports site Deadspin released an article about Linnae's true identity. When Ronaya revealed that he was Linnae, many people refused to believe that Ronaya acted alone. People accused Manti of taking part in the hoax to gain fame. One of Ronaya's friends told the press that while Manti claimed he only met Ronaya that one time at the game against USC, the two were actually good friends, and Manti had taken down multiple Instagram pictures of the two of them together. Al, the man who had allegedly been stood up by Linnae in 2008, also came out and took credit for being Linnae, saying it had all been his idea. I think he's trying to save face. So why did Ronaya do all of this? Why did he spend three years of his life communicating with Manti? It had been Ronaya on the phone. When he appeared on the Dr. Phil show, Ronaya showcased his Linnae voice, which is very convincing. Well, Ronaya says he, quote, fell deeply, romantically in love with Manti. But telling Manti as himself wouldn't work for two reasons. First, Manti was straight, and second, Ronaya was supposed to have been cured of his gayness. Both he and Manti come from deeply religious families, and being gay was not okay. Some people even think that Manti was part of the hoax to hide his own homosexuality. But if Manti is gay, he hides it pretty well. He married Jovi Nicole Anglino, a personal trainer, on August 29, 2020. Since the hoax, Manti has played on three NFL teams, the San Diego Chargers, the New Orleans Saints, and currently the Chicago Bears. With his new team and new wife, Manti has done his best to leave Lene behind. Thanks for checking out Hooked this week. We'll be back next week with a new story. 
But for right now, you can find me on social media on Twitter at HookedPodcast1, that's the number one at the end, on Instagram at HookedPodcast, and on Facebook at HookedThePodcast. Also, I'd love it if you left me a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really like what I'm doing, head on over to patreon.com slash hookedthepod, where you can get access to early episodes and regularly released bonus episodes. Again, thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.